Welcome to The Sound, KQAL-FM's weekly behind-the-scenes look at Minnesota-made music. From writing and recording to distribution and promotion, The Sound is your source for new releases and exclusive interviews from Minnesota artists. Support for The Sound is made possible by a grant from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Rolling. Tonight on The Sound, we feature Fires of Denmark from Rochester, Minnesota. Mike Terrell, the creative mind behind the music, joins us over the phone to give us his perspective as we check out tunes from several Fires of Denmark albums, along with the latest single and a song about washing your hands. So stick around. I'm Bill Stoneberg with Mike Terrell of Fires of Denmark, tonight on The Sound. That was Important Enough by Fires of Denmark, and that's from their album Interference from 2019. And joining us today, I have Mike Terrell on the phone. And uh, how are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing great. Well, as great as you can do. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Fires of Denmark, you guys have had three full lengths since 2017. Mm -hmm. Um, How long have you guys been around? Uh, The project started back in 2010, actually. Um, I I had done an album called Versus the Lion. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, almost the polar opposite, the yin to the yang of Fires of Denmark. Uh, It's like this happy, poppy uh, um, stuff. And I wanted to make a counter album to that. So I started Fires of Denmark back then. But then when I didn't sell a single Versus the Lion record, I got really bummed out and stopped making music for six years. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, that happened. Yeah. And... About 2010, I'd, or we'll say it was 2010, so then about 2016, 17, I started kind of dabbling with it, 
in that very first EP that I released, uh, has the title 2H0017. Mm-hmm. That one uh, was my first uh, record, first uh, recording in like six years, and I did it in one weekend. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it was just Holy. like a floodgates, floodgates opened up and all this music came out. It was really cool, and it was kind of like the birth of Fire's Dumber back again. So, or wow. the first release. Wow. Yeah. Is that so? Did it, after taking that time off, did it just mm-hmm. like have to come out? I mean, what, what kind of prompted you to get back into it and start digging into it? Uh, just life changes. Um, real, realistically, it was me getting to 30 and realizing that all those little goals that you have on your your chart you know get married have kids have right. a paying job we're all clocked are all clocked off are all checked off and me and my wife are realizing like what do we do now kind mm-hmm. of thing and we didn't realize it right away it's uh, i guess they call it the like quarter life crisis for a reason or whatever right <laughs> and, uh and i was just like i just need to do music my wife took the kids out for the weekend she goes i'm gonna let you be in the studio for a weekend and that's what happened wow it was really just slowing down and going like i want to make some music Wow. So I wonder if all that inspiration just kind of built up over those years. And then when you flip the switch, it just, it just exactly. came out or what? Yeah. It's, it's, it's used to be all I used to do in uh, high school. I, uh, I got a, a, I used to just sit in my, in my studio or my home in my bedroom and make music all the time. Mm-hmm. When I was in high school, I got a, uh, a scholarship for a songwriting competition back when I was like 16. Mm-hmm. So and so that's just uh, used to be all I did, and then after life happens, I stop making music. So wow, oh that is that's yeah. fascinating how it just comes back, how it just come back yeah. like that, you know? Totally. Wow. I was also wondering, Mike. Uh, yeah. I was reading your bio, and it's mentioned it mentioned quiet dance music that that was kind of yeah. like what you're going after. Can you want to talk about that a little bit? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. To you? What is that? Okay, I will give you the 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 moment when Fires of Denmark was was created. Okay. Uh. Do you ever like listen to a song and all of a sudden you hear it for like, like really hear it for the first time and you, song you've heard forever? Mm-hmm. Like one of them is uh, "Magic uh, Magic Man" by Heart. If you listen to the last like ninety seconds of that song, that song all of a sudden churns and just goes in this crazy like guitar opus. It's mm-hmm. so freaking cool. But the one I heard was um, was "In the Air Tonight" by Phil Collins, right? Ooh. I know, right? Yeah. So I was I sat down. I had I've had the record forever. I sat down between my new I got some new speakers. I put them on. I sat down between it, and just closed my eyes in a dark room, and with like that speaker going really loud. That song starts off with an 808, which is my main instrument. Oh, like, cool. I've been playing like a, it's the old 80s drum machine, and it's one that's all over my new record. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that Phil Collins song is the birth of like I want to make music like this, something that has a groove to it, but it's not like out there shaking your butt you know right 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 <laughs> so and like all the little elements of that song are all were sprinkled all over fires of denmark with all the vocal well all the vocal uh mixing and that kind of darkness but has a groove to it mm-hmm. so that and like then the xx came out and i remember them being like like this is cool like this is that kind of feel like that that danciness but not dance music right right Oh, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. And yeah. I love Phil Collins and um, who yeah. doesn't love the 808? I mean, I know, right? You know, if, if folks at home don't know, you know, like Mike said, it's the 80s drum machine. You've heard it all. You've heard it all over the place. So, yeah, oh, that is fantastic. I love it. And I grew up in the 80s. So I'm, I love that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, let's get back into some more tunes here. Um, 
And the uh, next track we've got queued up here is Failure to Notice Relevance, and that's from uh, Fires of Denmark album Interference, and that's from 2019. Uh, Mike, any stories behind this tune? Yeah, uh, on the album, this is kind of the transition song. Uh, whenever I make music, I usually kind of load the front half of the albums with uh, kind of more of a poppier type music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love concept albums. Like every album I make is like a painting from front to back. If it's not part of something, I'll put it by itself. But uh, this that album, Interference, this is really kind of a transition song to it where at the very end of it, you can hear like there's this echoey 808. So when we get to this part, I kind of do this 808 where they slowly, one's a beat off from the other one, I believe, Ooh. and they slowly fade apart from each other. And if you listen with headphones, it kind of gets this really kind of driftiness to it that really is the trans- that's that transition to the back half of the album, which is the more experimental, like longer songs. Right. Oh, cool. Well, let's check it out. Uh, this is Failure to Notice Relevance, and that's from Fires of Denmark right here on 89.5 KQAL. Maybe. was Failure to Notice Relevance. That's Fires of Denmark, and that's from their album Interference. It came out last year, 2019. Uh, Mike, there's some really cool guitar sounds in that tune. Like, um, Thank you. You got the cool, groovy, clean stuff going on, you know? Um, yeah. And then, uh, it, which kind of reminds me in a way, and I know this is, it kind of reminds me of um, Daft Punk, but I know they're, mm, you know, they're yeah. doing something that's derivative of other things as well, you know. But uh, I love that sound and that groove. Um, and then you've also got some cool distorted leads and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Is guitar your main instrument, or you? I know you mentioned oh, 808 earlier. I know, right? 808 my main instrument. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, guitar. Um, like guitar is my is my thing. Um, it is always my it's my lo- it's my my love and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up as a metalhead, ironically, 
like when I first learned how to play guitar, I was playing Metallica and Slayer and like all this crazy stuff. Right. And then, then, then I heard Weezer for the first time and switched over to more modern music, but that's different. That's a different story. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, David Gilmore from Pink Floyd was like, he was my hero growing up, like when, Mm -hmm. like early stages of it. And, uh, that and Radiohead's uh, Johnny Good- uh, Greenwood was the next person I kind of fell in love with as a like a twenty something. Right. So then, it, or I guess t- in college I did, and so that really brought me over to the effects side. But on this record, just for any gearheads that are listening, mm-hmm. there is only one guitar pedal. Ooh, really? Yes. Oh wow. I'm not even I'm not even using an amp. Is it- I'm literally plugging my guitar into one pedal, just one, nothing besides like some mixing effects. You know, like heavy effects, and then the guitar into my board. Oh wow! Um, is it a secret ingredient, or can you share with no, us what that pedal? No, I will is? tell everyone about this. All right, because it is the best pedal. It is Industrial Electric RM-1N. It's huh. a guy up in Canada. He makes them in his basement, and it is a like a it's a distortion, a reverb, and then a post reverb fuzz, oh, and then wow. the whole thing has a whine to it. Like it just kind of like the longer you hold a note, it kind of goes back like just almost like an old record, and and I can't control that. It does its own thing, and oh, <laughs> it wow. has so much life to it. Um, and then for this album, I also uh, it's a real well, I'll tell, I'll tell a story. I doubt. Uh, and also, I fell in love with a new guitar for this one too. It is I had lost one of my Stratocasters. Mm-hmm. I borrowed it to a friend to paint. And then as stuff does, when you give stuff to someone, it disappeared. Ugh. Yes. That has and, happened to me. That sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so when it came time to make a record, I was like, I kind of want that Strat sound on there. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of bummed out that I didn't have one. So I went on to the good old Reverb.com, uh, drawn my sorrows and, and purchases. Right. And uh, bought, um, I put a, co- a couple search things in. I wanted to get a 90 Strat. And I have never spent more than $500 on a guitar. Mm-hmm. So but I, I always like to use stuff and get it less than 500 bucks. So I found this old Strat for about 250 from 1991. It was a promotional guitar for a, a music movie in 
Yeah. <laughs> so when when stuff like that, because I've run into this past too in the past too, and when stuff like that happens, does it? Do you find that it kind of sends you in different creative directions then? Because that oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Like, um, I like I hate digital stuff that like has everything on it. Mm-hmm. If I buy if I can like that pedal's rare for me that has that many functions. It only has like four knobs, but mm-hmm. I like something that has one knob. Like, um, if it has too much stuff. That's has too much stuff. Like, right? Yeah, that's too much limits to it. All the keyboards I use too don't have a save function on it, so I have to create something every time. You never get it exactly as you want it, but huh. that's life. You right. know, like you never, nothing ever kind of comes up perfect. I have a philosophy in the studio where I will keep every take I make, unless it's like really horrible. Mm-hmm. So I usually will almost always take the first take. Oh wow! So and then if I didn't love it, then like a painter, I'll paint over it. Uh huh. So and then I'll like kind of mix it in there, but it's in there somewhere. Oh, that is cool. I like so, that. So so it's kind of like it's, it's it's the way it is. So I I will not be otherwise I drive myself mad in the studio going like, "Oh, I didn't like how I that made a clink noise right there." Uh-huh. You know? Right, right. So I can't so instead of saying that, I say I can't control it. It's going to be in there. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's almost, you know, sometimes limitations like that can be freeing, I think. Very much so. You know, cool. Well, we'll talk more about that stuff in a minute, but uh, let's let's play another tune here. Um, this one is a single that you came out with in 2018. Um, it's called Of Your Own. And uh, we are talking to Mike Terrell from Fires of Denmark. And uh, here's their tune, Of Your Own, right here on 89.5 KQAL. Thank you. 
All right, that was Of Your Own. That's from Fires of Denmark. That's a single that they released in 2018. And I have Mike Terrell on the phone here from Fires of Denmark. Um, Mike, I'm real curious, like, because that yeah. that tune, it's a great tune, but it's not on an album. It was just released as a single. And I'm kind of curious because I've seen different, you know, people treating, in this age of streaming, sometimes some artists have kind of, left the album behind and are just releasing singles like what are your thoughts on that kind of uh mode well it, it makes sense from a business standpoint mm-hmm. to release your songs you know uh like i told you on the previous segment about how i like to paint like i like to do whole albums right like i see when i release an album i see it as one giant painting okay and uh so but from a financial standpoint that doesn't make sense <laughs> if right. i'm like only releasing you know so because to get someone to listen to an album at this day and age to sit down and go, hey, can you pay attention for 32 minutes to this? Right. You might come across something you might not like, but you, if you don't like it, you still got to go for it for four minutes until you get to the next one. Uh-huh. It's impossible, right? right. And then, then I have, what, I have made 10 songs. Which one am I going to promote? Which one am I going to spend, spend the money on uh, ads for? All this stuff like that. Right. Uh, how am I going to find the right person? If you release a single... All of your focus is on one song. You have one message out there. This is the sound I want. This is the look I want. This is all stuff. It's really easy with that. So the whole audience is listening to a whole bunch of stuff. Right. Or, I mean, it's, it's listening to one thing. They're getting their whole focus there. So from a business standpoint, it makes sense. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. That's interesting. You know, it's I'm kind of curious as to see how the majority of uh, artists will go, you know, with this. Yeah. Because some people, like I've said, I've seen, I've there's a couple people I follow on Spotify that <laughs> they just release a song a month and they don't they do not do albums at all anymore. And it's like, yeah. huh, interesting. So that's, that's the way you're going to get uh, listened to on Spotify. Right. If you listen to an album, you're not, like your songs are not going to get listened to. One song will get picked up. Right. But then you have another song that are just going to get lost in there. Yeah. But... I still love albums. <laughs> oh, so do I. And I and I'd like to say that. Well, I still listen to albums, but you know, I get caught do in you? that trap too. You know, I know. But my, even my listening changes have changed in the last seven months. Uh huh. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's weird how the um, uh, the way it's delivered has changed our uh, listening habits. You know. And I, there's been times where I've been curmudgeon about that. Right. But then I look at well, it's been the story of music. It's always changing. It's always, yeah. it's always changing its, its medium. You know, yeah. people complained when they switched to vinyl records because now we can't do bass because if we do bass, it's going to make it skip. Right. You know, until they figured that out. Yeah. And so, well, you know, we, and, yeah. And we have the three minute pop song because of exactly. the albums, you know, I mean. So you got you to move with it. So releasing singles like that. And that was the thing. That was the focus of that one was to do a single. So uh, you might, it's, a lot poppier than my normal stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the intention going into it. Uh, I was listening to, gosh, what's the name of it? Um, who's that? Who's that uh, pop artist that has the tattoo under his eye? Um, Malone. Some. Uh, oh, Post Malone. Post Malone. Okay. Yeah, I'll take that back up. So that yeah, that was the intention going into that one was mm-hmm. it to release a pop song. Okay. I, I like to challenge myself. Every every album I do is a, a different challenge. Like. Going, even going back to the versus line stuff, I always have some sort of limitation that I put myself on these ones. And uh, that song was to not have any guitars, to do a, a pop-driven song. I had just gotten two new synthesizers in the mail, and I was like, I'm going to write a song with these. Oh, nice. And I did that one, and then Ready for Sleep was also done in the same 
24-hour period. Oh, wow. So man, most of the songs are, yeah. I was just going to say, man, the floodgates are open with you, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, I write, I write a lot. Like uh, last year I wrote 147 songs. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah. Oh, I'm just going to walk away with my tail between my legs right now. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> I, I'm, it's, something's weird in the brain. I don't, I don't know. Oh, that's fantastic, though. <laughs> well, that's why we got so much great music from you online. Yeah, here, I like it. So. It scratches a niche, and I love it. and makes people happy, so I just keep doing it. Right, right. So when you're writing, you know, especially with the mm-hmm. stuff you're doing with synthesizers and stuff like that, um, does writing and recording kind of blend together for you, or do you write everything yeah. and then go dump that's, it? or? No, that's where I get my speed. Um, I think if I think of, I like to say I wrote, I have that much stuff, but if people had the ability to uh, record their stuff while they're writing it, mm-hmm. I think there'd be a lot more music in the world. Yeah. Too. Because um, I will, what I'll, the writing process I'll typically do is, for example, um, of that song of your own, or no, yeah, of your own that we just listened to. Mm-hmm. I listen, uh, I was listening to, I did a challenge where I'd only listen to the pop radio stations Ooh. for. For uh, I think it was two weeks I did it. Uh huh. So in my car, it was it was little, it was just in the car. I couldn't do it at the home. <laughs> I listen to my own music at home. But I just did it in the car, and uh, every time I drive, I listen to it. And I was really actually kind of digging the sound that's happening on pop radio. Like everything's kind of slowed down a bit, and there's been a lot more space mm-hmm. in the music, and I'm I kind of digging it. And uh, the one I kept noticing was stuck in my head the most is the Post Malone stuff. Right. And I was like, okay, I see his thing. Everything is three notes. Like everything is just like one or two or three notes. And it's always like on the beat. It's simple, like super, super simple. Interesting. And so then I wrote in and I'm like, I'm going to do a song with that. My vocals are going to be one note. I'm going to keep it really simple. And that was how uh, Of Your Own kind of has that little, like little pop element to it. Right. And then I put, put on the auto tune for it just to give that little extra authenticity. Right. Like, Fakeness? <laughs> yeah, that feel. Kind of funny, huh? To get, put the auto-tune on to give it authenticity, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> Interesting. Cool. Very cool. Um, well, uh, let's play some more music for people. Um, you have a new single out, uh, yes! Start Living Outside of Time, which uh, you sent me. There's a really cool uh, write-up you did about it, um, talking about time and the whole concept of the uh, upcoming album. Um, you want to mm-hmm. kind of tell people uh, what that's about? Yeah, this was this album's been a fun one in the making. Um, we ended up this album was also another writing project. Um, I had I almost always record all of my music myself, with a rare exception of another a music musician coming in. I'll play all the instruments mm-hmm. and everything like that. Um, I had become obsessed with this uh, David Byrne book called How Music Works. Ooh. Yes, if you haven't read it, I very highly recommend it. Um, even if you're not a Talking Heads fan, he talks about the Talking Heads. You can skip those sections if you want to, but the majority of it is him talking about how music works. It's amazing. Um, and on there, he was talking about the Remain in Light album, um, which is my absolutely obs- uh, I love it so much right now uh, by Talking Heads. And they said that how they recorded that album is they'd get the band together. And they jam on a bass riff and just repeat the bass riff. He fra- uh, how he phrased it in the music is, in Western music, we need some, something that repeats mm-hmm. in Western music. We need something your ear can catch on to. If, it's not, uh, if it doesn't repeat, then uh, it doesn't hold attention in the Western audience. Right. So that's why we have choruses a lot of times. We mm-hmm. have this chorus that gets stuck in your head. Uh, I 
was uh, so in the book he, he was talking about how instead of doing a chorus is he realized you get that same effect if you just repeated a baseline in drums Ooh. so that re so the re repeated baseline over and over again gets this thing you can always come back in and then you can go as weird as you want on the edges Ooh, yeah nice nice so we so we had, i brought some friends over uh and uh nick truxel is playing bass he's the bass player for silver lining Oh, and cool. he was Axel, my co-partner in Versus the Lion. Like we were, it was the two of us. We lived in an apartment together when we wrote uh, and recorded that album. So that was a lot of fun. Um, so I got him back on playing with me, which is great. Uh, he's hanging down the bass for most of the album. Uh -huh. uh, Topo, uh, Sean Laurie, who's Topo, uh, local rapper from Winona. Yeah. He he's playing. He plays piano on a song and drums on a song. And uh, or the 808 on a song, I should say, mm -hmm. and uh, some vocal parts. And then Gina from My Grandma's Cardigan is also playing in the in the group too. Oh, so sweet. I know it's so fun. So we got together one weekend, and uh, and we just recorded a bunch of songs and did that same thing where we jam on something for 45 minutes, have a good time. The band will leave, and I sit there and edit these songs down to these three minute little pieces. Ah. Oh. Oh, that yeah. sounds like a blast. You're it was a, the best thing ever. <laughs> oh, you're a mad scientist in the studio, man. I love it. I love it. It was the, it was the best weekend. So that was about uh, probably about two, three months ago now. Mm -hmm. And uh, we ended up making this thing about a concept on where the album would be a concept on time. Okay. But like not, not the scientific time, but more like the philosophical time about how we're like always searching for it in a way where uh, if in our society we kind of like move from one time event to the next mm -hmm. and they're always filling it with something like there's never a moment where you're just stopping right but now we've been given this opportunity yeah. in this life with this new thing it just completely changed how the song and was interpreted in my mind mm -hmm. and it sounds like it was written like today and it makes me so happy <laughs> oh, that's um fantastic. yeah and so the whole album is about that it's a con like it's a five minute long album it's like or a five song album it's about 28 minutes long mm -hmm. And the whole thing kind of loops in on itself. It repeats lots of lines from other ones. And the title of the fourth song, or the fourth song's chorus is the title of all the songs. And like, we got, we got really nerdy with it. Oh, wow. So if anyone likes that kind of nerdy music stuff. <laughs> oh, I love that stuff. Look, look for that album coming out soon. <laughs> cool, cool. Are we looking at maybe uh, this summer or something? Yeah, it's just, I'm finishing it up now. Just trying to find a good window. And I just got, I'm just so excited for people to hear it. Right. That uh, I had to get a single out now. So cool, cool. Well, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Um, yeah. This is Start Living Outside of Time. And that's from Fires of Denmark. I have uh, Mike Terrell from Fires of Denmark on the phone with us. So uh, let's check it out. Start Living Outside of Time right here on 89.5 KQAL. <laughs>
That was Start Living Outside of Time. That is from Fires of Denmark. And I have Mike Terrell on the phone from Fires of Denmark. Uh, Mike, you Woo! were talking about how you put that band together um, yeah. to, to produce this new album. And um, I was actually, before you had mentioned that, I was wondering, because the bass sound to me, I'm like, ooh, that's a real bass, isn't it? You know? Yeah. And then I was listening to more of it. I'm like, ooh, who do you have playing on here? You know? So yeah. um, is there, like... You know, this album sounds like it's kind of a special thing, you know, um, mm-hmm. but normally do you usually uh, use like a real bass guitar or do you prefer a synth bass or does it go case by case? How do you decide? All depends that? on the song. Okay. Yeah, that that bass is, we have a, it's a clean bass, double tracked, and then a third bass put through a tube screamer overdrive to give it like this just full and it has wow. a little bit of grit to it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because it's a great bass sound. I love uh, it. I know, right? I loved it. I, that's the first part I noticed immediately. I was like, oh, I really like that. <laughs> and that, the 808 snaps on that snare, too. Just, uh-huh. Yeah. Totally. Oh, what a killer tune. What Thank a killer you. tune. You know, I have to ask because, in, I don't know, I'm a fan of um, The Faint. Uh, are you familiar mm-hmm. with those guys? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and for some reason, I don't know, as soon as that tune kicked in, I, that's what that reminded me of. That bass sound reminded me of them, nice. and I love those guys. But um, awesome, awesome. Yeah, great job on that tune. I just love it. I'm not uh, going for you to hear the rest of it then. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to hear the rest <laughs> of the album. Um, so, so I was also wondering, because you use a lot of analog synths and stuff. You know, yes. We talked a little bit about that um, and how you know limitation can... Um, inspire creativity stuff like that but why analog synths over digital i'm just curious uh is my hipster i don't know uh, <laughs> that's what i was gonna no, say i love i love analog gear as well and i sometimes i don't know why there's, there's something about it like i i don't know if it's a limitation or what because after a while you start to learn it it starts to have like weird spots like um you can make them sing and, but the thing is, whenever I take it out of a box, it's so boring. I get so disappointed when every time I get a new synthesizer. I'm like, this, uh, that's what it sounds like? And, and until you <laughs> learn it. And I think with digital ones, it's just all you do is push a button, and it's a completely new sound, a new instrument. Right. It, plus, also, um, I think when you're, when, you're dig- when you're doing your digital stuff, it's what then recreating it with a computer code versus, like, these actual pieces of hardware that are warming and heating stuff up, you know? Right. And it's... I. 
one of my my favorite artists in the entire world, favorite musician in the entire world, composer, favorite composer in the entire world right now, is uh, a man named Dream. Or goes by the name of Dream Spook. He's from the cities, or was from the cities. He just moved away. And if you haven't heard Dream Spook, listen, listen to Dream Spook. He's a synth master, oh, cool. and uh, he has this beautiful prophecy synthesizer that he plays. Anyways, I was I was talking with him, and I had this little epiphany where I, I noticed I said to him that synthesizers are the only one hundred percent man made instrument. Huh. Interesting. Like Everything else, you're either clicking a string or something like you know. But we've we've made a man made at this point with the guitars and stuff like that. Right. But that philosophy, like you're creating a sound out of nothing, and everything about it is completely human. Right. Oh, interesting. I've never heard that uh, that kind of take on it before. I know. So like, and then when you go with just analog, there's some there feels like there's this energy in it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I've just always loved it. I can get it big. I can make it fat and I can I can control like having all that control it's just lovely right right well like you said you know there's actual components that are heating up and warming up and um you know the sound changes they all kind of have their own personality too it seems like from you know it could be the same model but the 808s don't match up I have two 808s and when I start at the same time they both have their own little drift to them oh really oh wow interesting even though they got clocks inside of them, they're telling time, they'll have their own little bit of drift. Right. Like one's the snare will sound a little bit different on one. When one heats up, it gets a little, the snare gets really nice. And cool. If I just turn it on, it's not, it has a softer snare. It's, it's fun stuff. Right, right. It's the ghost in the machine, right? It's the, yeah, exactly. It's the soul of the, uh, <laughs> the Moog, so to speak. Oh, speaking of which, do yes. you have a favorite synth? Uh, do I, well, my MS20 is like my, my, love yeah that's your go-to uh, yeah it's it's a it's a, a monosynth so i can only play one note at a time okay so it's the one i use a lot for my bass if you ever hear any bass or stuff and actually okay. anything you hear that's not a chord it's okay. usually that ms20 on my stuff um but i just bought my uh dream synthesizer um and i i've never been blessed with a lot of money and i've always wanted to have this uh the moog a uh, true moog like mm-hmm. the mini Moog ones that are just like amazing, but they cost like two thousand right. dollars. There's no way, there's no way I'm ever gonna be able to get one of those, let alone be comfortable bringing it out playing. Right. Uh, but there's this company that used to kind of get a lot of flack called Behringer, but mm-hmm. lately in their company they've been amazing. They've been releasing, they've been doing like clones, like modern remakes of these old analog synthesizers oh, cool. with a lot more affordable price. Oh wow. And They've been so good at it, and they just made one uh, off the Model D or off the Model D Moog, um, and it's so it's my dream synthesizer made affordable for me. Right. And I so I pre-ordered it the day they announced it, <laughs> and then all this all this uh, virus stuff <laughs> made it so they can't make them. Oh. <laughs> so it's been on my wait list since it's supposed to come out in January, and every month it goes. February's coming out. No, it's been pushed back, to, and so I haven't gotten it yet. Oh, I sit wow. there and I just watch YouTube videos. Right, longing <laughs> for it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know that feeling. I used to be a um, reverb and eBay hound, you know. Yep. Um, oh, and I've recently gotten back into it. It's a very slippery slope. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Um, but yeah, you also have a tune. Uh, I just saw a news report today. Uh, you have a song yeah. called Wash Our Hands. <laughs> yes, yes. How did that come about? 
Well, my my day job is I ran I manage co- uh, manage a coffee shops for Olmsted Medical Center. Oh, okay. So we have a couple different locations that I'll I'll run, and amazing job, amazing people, and they all I know that I make music. So after when all this kind of stuff came in, they asked, "Hey, do you want to put together some a song just for like about washing hands?" And I'm like, "Sure." Heck and, yeah. <laughs> and so I sat down, and that's what came out. Uh, and really excited about it. Wow. It's a lot of fun. So, so it's, uh, so if you listen to the song while you're washing your hands, you've washed your yeah. hands long enough, right? Yeah. And it's oh, yeah, like, totally. what, around 47 seconds 40 or so? 40 seconds, yep. So, so this, the wash your hands song, it's kind of a little, uh, it's got a little pop feel to it, you know? Is yeah. That... <laughs> that's my, uh, it's, it's the style of versus the line, which like I mentioned before, is one of my, my first band, kind of like my alter, alter ego to Fires of Denmark. So it has like all these like overly happy, super poppy kind of songs mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's really fun to brush that voice off again because i haven't sang up in that little register uh-huh. in a while compared to that start living outside time which is like way down there <laughs> and then get back right. up to the hands right know? right yeah cool <laughs> oh how much fun that is great that is great and um and it's a great way to make sure you washed your hands long enough yes. you know what a fun way so i think everyone should put a bluetooth speaker in their bathroom and, stop singing uh, happy birthday yeah stop singing happy birthday start singing wash our hands so, um, <laughs> well well here it is this is wash our hands right here on 89.5 kql All right. That was short but sweet, and uh, hopefully your hands are clean now. Uh, that was Wash Our Hands. Uh, that is uh, by Mike Terrell. Mike is from Fires of Denmark, but that song could be a versus the Lion song. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Mike, this has been a pleasure talking to you. Um, yeah, you too. Love your stuff, and hopefully we'll have some uh, live shows soon, and we can yeah. go out and catch you live. So. Um, if not, I'll do it online. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we'll have to check that out too then. Um, so follow Mike online. Uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Like if you want to, if we want to find out when you're going to be live online or, um, you know. I jump between Instagram and Facebook depending on my mood. Okay. So, but Instagram, I think is probably the place I've been settling the most. If you want to find the most interesting stuff. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, follow Mike on uh, Instagram and fi- follow uh, Fires of Denmark. So um, this is, we're going to go out with another tune. This is an older one. This is uh, from the album With Love, which came out in 2018. But this is a song called Lost in Light right here on 89.5 KQAL. And uh, like I said, thanks so much, Mike. Love talking to you. And uh, we'll do this again sometime. Yeah.
thanks again to Mike Terrell of Fires of Denmark for joining us tonight on The Sound. For more information on Fires of Denmark, just look for Fires of Denmark on Facebook or Bandcamp. For more deep dives into local and regional albums, tune into The Sound every Wednesday night at 6 right here on 89.5 KQAL. I'm Bill Stoneberg, and we've just heard from Mike Terrell of Fires of Denmark on The Sound. Thanks for listening to The Sound. The Sound is produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. Visit us online at kqal.org. Theme music for The Sound provided by Mike Terrell of Fires of Denmark.